0: Hi heroes, this is Sean, usually your editor and uh your intro person for this project. I wanna take some time before this uh this thing that uh I have been working on for a little while to say thank you to everyone involved with this show that I absolutely adore. Thank you to ICT and Elliot for asking me to become part of this creative team that I'm incredibly floored, that I get to work with every single week. I want to say thank you to Kai and to Jane and Rose and to Rocky for making such a wonderful story that that just tugs at my heartstrings every time I hear it. I've listened to this entire thing about five times, and I still tear up at parts. That is amazing to tell a story about hope in the face of oppression and about resistance and not having to be what you're expected to be. It's is real queer, man, I love it. And uh lastly, I want to say thank you to everyone who listens to Moon Harbor, who listens to these excellent kids dealing with things that they're wildly unprepared for, and the jokes and the the sadness and everything along the way. Thank you for giving me something to have a passion about. Like I do for this show. Now, uh, please, enjoy Volume 1 of Ice and Thorns. On the cover, we see a circle of jagged vines with frost-covered thorns surrounding a broken katana. Around this central image are the images of our six heroes. On the right of the cover, we see Rascal King dancing alone in an opulent ballroom, Tyrannus standing at the entrance of a dark tower, electricity crackling off of his body, and Rebel Rouser in her new armor, her shadow on the ground behind her stretched to enormous size. On the left, we see Blue Samurai holding wilted flowers and checking his watch flyby at a typewriter with pages floating off at inhuman speed and wild thing looking at her hands uncertainly as she holds a frozen diode in her hands we turn the page and our story begins this issue opens
1: on the c4 training room once more all of the equipment has been pushed to the side and In its place are a bunch of chairs. There are far more chairs than we actually need for these six heroes and Squire, but uh, there's, like, probably 10 or 12 chairs there, just to spread the room out a little bit more. At least a few of them we recognize from Vixen's house. But we see, sitting in the chairs, all six of you looking up at the whiteboard, where Squire is standing on a stool and frantically, like, drawing arrows and, like, other, like, tracing things from pictures that she's drawn on the board to other pictures on one side of the board is a list of tasks and a list of names. So we've got team uh, brain team brawn and team distraction with names next to that, but the panel cuts off. So we don't see who is on there. And Squire is drawing pictures of like your faces and like arrows vaguely like football diagram esque. next to that. On the other side, we see the last slide of a PowerPoint the slide that just says, like, questions, question mark, and Squire turns at you and, like, puts her hands on her hips and kind of, like, looks at you expectantly, like, any questions? And the panel zooms around, and we see all six of you looking up at
2: the reader. What do you do? Alan places his hands on the table and leans forward and says, okay, and looks directly at Max and Amber, says... Let's say you get in there and get face to face with Glacier. How do you two plan on taking her out?
3: Wait, I actually might have something for this. And I pull out the uh, uh, electronic device that we stole from Glacier's neck.
1: We see a flashback panel of Amber and Clara working together to do some research and reprogramming of that diode that Clara had pulled out of Glacier's neck And then we see a moment where they actually plug the diode into the C4 computer and start working with L4A, figuring out how to reprogram this diode. And then we cut back as Clara is holding it up.
3: We, well, I, Amber, is the mastermind. But you know, we figured out. I pulled it. We pulled it out of her neck, and we might be able to use it to nullify her powers or stop her
4: without, you know. I mean, it's completely untested, but also there's really only one way to test this, and
2: we'll we'll find out when we get there. Find out when we get there? I mean, this is life or death, isn't it? This is the end game. If it doesn't work, what are you going to do? It'll work.
4: I mean, we could test it on ourselves. But none of us are, like, injured by anything Asteron?
2: No. No. I was.
3: But that's too dangerous. What if your something happens and your powers disappear? We cannot have this fight without with you being unpowered. That is, I mean, I don't know. It sounds like a bad idea. I do really think
5: that this diode is, is going to work. I trust Amber and I trust the ship.
6: It's, it's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk at this point. I mean, I, I trust Amber and I trust Clara. And I don't want anyone to put themselves in harm's way before we absolutely have to.
1: Squire walks over to Alan and takes his, like, finger in her hand, and she squeezes it and nods. I just don't want to lose you to to her.
4: I'm going to go talk to Dante before we do this and try to get, try to get the rest of the powers of these, this suit unlocked. Just any, any extra power we can get.
3: Also, remember, Alan, they're not going to be alone. We're going to be right behind them. You don't have to worry about not being able to protect them because we'll be right there.
2: I think the, the next panel, that would inevitably blow right back over to and He's like looking down at the table. All right. All right. Let's do this.
5: Okay. So speaking of not being alone, if anyone owes you a favor, now might be the time to call it in.
4: We trust, obviously. And there's a panel of Amber glaring at Al. Clara raises her hand.
3: I might know someone, but it's risky. I might know more than one someone.
2: If they can be trusted, bring them along. We're going to need all the firepower we can get.
3: Oh, it'll be firepower if it works.
6: I don't know so much about firepower, but if we need info spread, I got a couple of connections. I can probably
4: pull some strings. I have a lot of flash drives with information that sound like they have your name on it right now.
6: I have a good friend who has access to a newspaper, so that works.
5: I think Max puts his hand up a little bit because I could use one of those flash drives too.
4: So many. You all can have as many as you need.
3: I actually don't think I need a flash drive, but I appreciate the existence of the flash drive. I just don't know that. I mean, like, I'm just like not the good with flash drives. I don't know. Never mind. I sh- I sh- I'm shutting up now.
2: The panel that swings over to Alan shows him sitting back and his eyes are, are crackling. Says, yeah, don't hand any to me. Probably a bad idea. Squire confidently walks up and holds her hand out
1: for one. I can have one.
4: I don't have like the bag of the flash drives. I just like pull one out of the like one of the like small pockets in the costume. Just like, oh yeah, here you go. I have like at least like five on my person at all times.
1: Squire scrambles away and like looks at it and then kind of blinks because she doesn't know how a flash drive works. And she just kind of like looks at it and then like starts to just play with it and like toss it in the air.
4: I love her so much. So everyone's everyone's cool with with where they're going, what they're doing?
2: Yeah, I think so.
3: As ready as we'll ever be. Holy shit, I can't believe we're actually doing this.
2: Oh well, yeah, as long as Al doesn't fuck it up. And Al looks directly at Al when he says that.
3: I think we all look directly at Al.
2: As we wrap up that planning scene,
1: before we launch off to our respective outside scenes, does anyone have anything they want to do with the group here?
3: Uh, I wanted to or Clara wanted to have a I wanted to talk to Max real quick.
1: Excellent. So everyone is filtering out of the training room where we have the whiteboard. And Clara, you're going to grab Max. Tell us what happens there.
3: Yeah, I think I kind of walk up to him as he's finalizing, like putting some final plans on the whiteboard. And I just kind of say, Max, can I talk to you about something?
5: And I think uh, we get Max like, at the whiteboard, like, explaining some final things to Squire, and he turns he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And he looks at Squire, got that? And I think she gives, like, a little thumbs up, and, uh, he walks over towards Clara.
3: Um, I'm not very good at, I, I know that I can be a- abrasive and stuff, but I-, I just, this is your mission, so I wanted to ask you something. I mean, it's our mission, but it's it's your mind child.
5: What's up? I mean, like, New, open, transparent, Max. What's up?
3: <laughs> so I know that it's not the plan to hurt any anyone, but I'm just, I'm worried about what's going to happen when you face Glacier and or we. It's just that she or they or it, I I just, I think it's important that we spare them. And I just, I know that you're not a violent person and you would never purposely hurt someone. But historically, Cataclysm Crew has a history of when they encounter something dangerous, they either um, recruit it or destroy it. And I don't think that, I don't think that you can recruit Glacier the way that you recruited me, but I just, I don't want us to destroy her.
5: And I think um, through this, like, Max's face started very, like, quizzical and then confused. And then kind of, there was like a moment of shock and then a moment of like, actually, yeah, we are pretty destructive. This is a fair conversation. He's like, we're not going to kill anyone. We're going to stop her. And here don't kill.
3: I know. And... I know that you're a hero. I just, it's hard to believe that people are not going to take advantage of each other. Just in general, not you specifically. I just, Glacier is very powerful. But I think that she's also very vulnerable and susceptible. And I just don't want us to take it. I don't want her to get taken advantage of. You're very strong.
5: And I think, like, Max takes a step towards uh, Clara. I think he would. Like, it's almost like he's going for a hug, but he stops because, like, he and Clara are not super close. And he goes, we'll try to talk her down first, and we're not going to let anyone get taken advantage of. That's kind of the point of taking down Saber. It sounds like you've gone through a lot, but Cataclysm Crew's here for you. We're family, and... You're welcome to be a part of that.
3: Yeah, I think Clara set kind of uh, looks sort of a little extra intent uh, like like it kind of gets a little glint in her eye and says you're a really strong leader or head of the household if this was a family. I don't know the right words to say right now but I will protect you. Not that you need it. And I know that There's a lot of stuff about me that is up in the air, but that's not why I'm doing this. That's not why I'm going to participate in the fight. I mean, maybe that's what drew me towards it. But the reason that I'm going to go in there and, you know, punch some brains out and bash some heads together is because I believe in the radical version of the world that you see.
5: Max just has probably just not his grin but just a very pure smile he goes can I hug you?
3: Uh mm, you know I sure uh
5: huh Max like essentially tackle hugs there's (laughs) definitely
3: there's definitely like a tensed up moment where Clara just like turns solid for a second but then the panel of Max's back you see her arms elasticize around to do a proper hug oh
5: squires in the room where there's a hug going on squire like we obviously get a panel of squire looking away from the whiteboard and running over to join the hug
3: your raccoon is super cute
1: and with that we're going to cut away to right outside the training room where al is standing there waiting for amber
4: hey al we need we need to talk.
1: Uh
7: sure thing. What's up, little little sis?
4: Everyone's making plans to go and talk to like whoever they they want to bring into this. Um and I need to know that you're not going to try to bring Tatiana in. I we we cannot trust her with this.
7: Tatiana's my girlfriend. Why wouldn't I bring her into this?
4: This isn't a date. This is taking down Saber.
7: Yeah, that's like the best date possible. There's sneaking and there's thieving and there's places to hide and make out
4: no this isn't like this isn't a date this isn't a joke this is if we fuck this up either Glacier's going to kill us or I don't even fucking know what Scarlet Scorpion is gonna do this is this is fucking real Al
7: Scarlet Scorpion's our mom she's not gonna do anything
4: yeah maybe not to us there's other people on this team too you know
7: you're telling me the world doesn't revolve around me?
4: Ow. Please take this ser- seriously for one goddamn minute. Nobody on this team trusts Tatiana. I-, I can't see any of us being able to work with her. I think I- Clara trusts her. I don't think so. <sighs> I
7: don't see why it's such a big deal. She's helpful.
4: And name one thing she's been helpful
7: with. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her.
4: Yeah, but that doesn't mean that we can trust her to help us take down Saber. I get your point. I just, I
7: disagree. It's like Alan. I didn't like Alan, and he electrocuted me. Now, now look at us. We're kind of friends. I think. I don't know. You guys date. What does he think?
4: Uh, how's this? We can have the team meet up with Tatiana for some social time and get to know her. But after this takedown, we can't. We can't work with somebody we barely know, and. The vast majority of the team does not trust on something so fucking serious, Al. I,
7: I'll see you later. And then I
1: want to teleport out.
4: With like an interjection panel of ever being like, wait, Al, no.
1: We turn the page and see a scene of Vixen's like sitting room that we've been in a couple times. It's where uh, Max and Lynx have their conversation, but it is, again... As all Vixen stuff is over the top regal. There is a very elegant chaise lounge, not the one you all stole from her. And uh, I think Vixen and Lynx are sitting side by side looking at you all. As uh, we see another panel of Amber and Max sitting in chairs facing them. And Vixen looks at you and she's like,
7: So we've been sitting here for about 45 seconds. You gonna say anything?
5: Um, so it's... We have a question for you two. And I think I, like, look over at Amber.
4: Yeah, I'm looking at Max with, like, this expression of, oh, this is a pretty big ask, isn't it, huh?
5: Oh, and like, a third panel of the two of us both looking down at Squire. And just, like, Squire shaking her head, no, violently. This is like, no, do not put this on me.
4: <laughs> so, you know we've been looking into taking down saber but we we wanted to talk with you too about after that
1: Lynx inhales very sharply and she's like right we've been actually talking about that ourselves it's uh it's gonna be certainly eventful
5: the the vying for power what are your thoughts about it well okay so I'm gonna be honest I don't know what the best system is frankly we're kids we don't have it all figured out but someone needs to be in control to make sure a good system gets built and the
4: crown of thorns ain't it
5: yeah and we were thinking maybe just like to put it on the right path you two vixen outwardly laughs
4: (laughs) temporarily like we aren't gonna immediately have some full up and running organization like we were thinking some sort of like committee, council, group, something to figure it out. But if we're going in and taking down Saber, we're we're like Max said, like we're kids, we're teenagers. Somebody's gonna try to try to take the reins as soon as Saber is down, and we need we need adults that we can trust to to be there to not let it all fall to nothing or fall into the crown of thorns hands
5: and like don't get us wrong we don't trust either of you individually like vixen you would corrupt everything and you know it and missing links eh. but together you can keep each other balanced until we get it on the right place they give each other a look at the end of your first sentence where you're like
1: links eh? Uh. and they're like kind of shrug and they're like yeah you're right uh, and then they look at each other and start talking to each other. And Vixen's like,
7: I mean, that would, um, you know, throw off the plans for the honeymoon.
1: And Lynx kind of like lightly punches her arm. And Lynx is like, there are bigger issues than us going to Bermuda for the third time. And Vixen looks kind of flustered by the fact that Lynx is calling out the fact that Vixen really only goes to one place for vacation. It's actually kind of adorable. There's a very cute moment of the two of them. Uh, And then they look back at the two of you. And Vixen's like...
7: Do you think the people of Moon Harbor would trust having me as part of that team? You do realize that despite
4: being your mentor, I am a villain. I mean, we were kind of hoping that that would be a a good thing. having, Having people in charge be on both sides... Like part of what has made Saber so controlling is that it's all been so very one-sided. And maybe if the organization is represented by heroes, villains, and everyone in between, maybe it'll be better.
5: And I mean, with everything we're going to be putting out, I think people are going to be willing to overlook a lot, which is why we have to have something lined up.
1: Lynx sits up, right, and kind of like leans in and Lynx is like, if word gets out before this starts that I am part of the plan to take Glacier down, you do realize that she will kill me. That's not an exaggeration. I will be dead.
5: I think it might be best if you disappear for a few days.
1: I mean, our boat's supposed to leave tomorrow, so I already wasn't going to be here, but... You know, I guess we can cancel the tickets and just lay low,
4: or don't cancel the tickets. Just make it look like you've gone on the honeymoon.
1: Vixen immediately, he's like,
4: "But then I won't get my refund."
1: <sighs> and then she looks around the extraordinarily elaborate house, and she's like,
4: "I think it'll be okay. It'll be fine. Whatever we we don't want to tell you any specific details of when this is happening, but." It's going to be soon.
1: Vixen looks between the two of you and she's like.
4: And what about the crown
7: of thorns? What's going to stop them from jumping to the front of the line?
5: I love you, V, but honestly, the less we talk about it, the better.
4: We've we've got a plan for that. Just trust us.
1: Vixen looks very intense and she says.
7: With my life.
5: And I think this whole thing, like we've been on very opposite sides from this and I am going to go hug Vixen. I'm very huggy in prep. Lynx looks at Amber and holds up a finger and just shakes her head.
1: <laughs> yes! We turn the page and immediately see a punch being thrown, and we see Alan just dodge out of the way of Clara's fist. The two of you are currently sparring and training in the training room.
3: I uh, say, now come at me like I'm a saber operative. And I, I cause the... Skin all over my body to, like, ripple in a really weird, gross, like, gelatinous way.
2: I think Alan would then come at you, literally come at you, throw a left hook into a low kick, and then fire literal lightning out of his hands towards you,
1: not trying to hurt you. (laughs) Sounds good. Tell me what that looks like.
2: That would look radically similar to how I would say it. Uh, He throws a left hook. Of course, Clara dodges it. He swings. He goes in for the low kick kind of like a combo where he his whole body's like rotating uh goes for low kick and then as he finishes the spin he puts both his hands in front of him and fires the blast which he assumes that clara can easily you know tank without a problem clara what happens as you get hit by blasts of electricity
3: it looks like a person getting electrocuted her like whole body from like where it hits radiates outward. And for a moment, it looks like her she's scarred, like the way you would get scarred if you got hit by lightning. But then almost immediately, uh, her, her hands are outstretched, her fingers are like out to the side. And then almost immediately, uh, she clenches her hands into fists and then the skin just ripples and the scar like immediately heals. And then she punches him from
6: all the way across the room
1: perfect as you're doing that the door opens and lucy you are standing there
6: how close is the sparring match from being over
1: i like to imagine that as the door opens and lucy's there clara's like fist stops like an inch away from alan's face
6: i think that would be a good yeah
1: uh, yeah that
2: that works.
6: <laughs> yeah i think lucy sort of looks and is like oh oh hey guys um sorry i didn't mean to interrupt your sparring session or anything um But real quick, could I ask you guys for a favor, you know, when it happens?
2: I mean, yeah. Yeah,
6: Anything. So I know you know and we know that Saber probably knows who I am. There was that one slip up during that one break-in. They know at least my name, and I'm sure they put the rest together. And I I can't get this getting... This information just can't get out. It can't. I... I have too many people who would be affected by this. I mean, like I've got my parents. I have my friends, and I, I don't want them getting all wrapped up in this. So, when you go in there, and get rid of all that stuff, can you destroy my record too? Make like I know you're going to go in and do what you got to do, but if you find mine, please just get rid of it.
2: Alan walks over, walks towards Lucy, and says, "I wasn't really." planning on looking through the records. But, uh, yeah, I think we can do that.
3: Yeah, I mean, we can definitely try to find whatever they have on you and destroy it. But, I mean, you've done some amazing things. I I feel like you deserve credit. Do you really want to destroy the, the evidence
6: of your awesomeness? I think she kind of smiles at that, and she just says, I, at this point, I kind of have to. I have too many people who I care about who've already gotten roped into this mess and they've been put in harm's way. And I just, I don't want that to happen to anyone else because, you know, I have you guys and I have my friends here in the city, but like the rest of my family's out in the suburbs. I don't want anyone, I don't want any one of them getting hurt. I don't want any of our fights here in the city to get pushed out there and to have other people get in the way and any more civilian casualties. I just, I can't deal with that right now. Maybe one day I'd be okay with it getting out, but I have too much going on right now.
3: Totally makes sense. And hey, your obligations are our our obligations. And then Clara says, all right, now, punch me like I'm a saber operative.
1: We cut away from that scene. We turn the page and we see Al sitting at the top of a skyscraper. And by top, I mean like not on the observation deck, but like on a slightly raised platform uh, landing, probably 30, 40 feet above the observation deck where like it's pretty much just sheets of glass and you really shouldn't be able to sit up there. But Al is doing it. Al, can you tell us what this looks like?
7: Yeah, so I have a blanket and I've taken said blanket and I've stabbed it. Uh, stabbed the lightning rod through it so that it's kind of just held in place. And then I've got one of those really cliche wicker baskets that I've hooked around the lightning rod as well so that it's hanging on. And then uh, I'm sitting there with my knees scrunched up to my chest and I'm texting
1: Tatiana. Perfect. I think we see it like on your phone. We see probably four or five texts being like, hey, can we meet from you like messaging her? But she hasn't responded. So you're like, I'll be here at this time. And then we get a shadow pass over you. And you hear a voice that says, Hey, babe, what's up? And the panel turns and we see Tatiana holding on by, like, a couple fingers. She's not actively, like, clinging to the lightning rod, but she's hanging from it. And the moonlight is just silhouetting her there. And her hair is all wavy fire. And then we get a close-up on her face and we just get this bright red, sinister smile. Our next panel is a slightly pulled back shot of the top of that skyscraper. Tatiana is still hanging there, still silhouetted by the moonlight, but not as direct like as the angle was earlier. And she kind of like shimmies down and sits next to you on this blanket that has been impaled by the lightning rod. And she looks down and she's like, champagne, huh? Uh,
7: I think it's a good one. I, I had to steal it.
1: You mean they didn't sell a bottle of champagne to an 18-year-old? Unfortunately, not in this time era. That is the only thing I dislike about the era we live in versus the era I used to live in. People were so lax back, like, you know, BC. So there's this uh, question I've been wanting to
7: ask for a while. And as I say that, I'm going to like really fancily hold two champagne
1: glasses in one hand and pour them both. And she reaches over as soon as he finished pouring, and she takes one and she says, "Oh, and what's the question?" I think it'll you'll. It's like a
7: close up of Al, like kind of furrowing his brows, and then, uh, well, would you be
1: my girlfriend? She cocks an eyebrow and doesn't say anything, and then just like slowly sips the champagne. And I think we get probably six panels of silence, and then at the very bottom of the page, in the very last panel, she says. I mean, I've got nothing better to do. We get a close-up on her face, and we see that she is grinning, but, like, not a malicious grin. Like, this is her form of flirting is playing hard to get. And she's like, I mean, after our whole rendezvous in the graveyard, I really didn't think you were going to, you know, ask. So, I'm impressed. I I mean,
7: I kind of assumed we were already, just because, you know, like the graveyard, but my team keeps pointing out that you're not my girlfriend and I'm going to like have qu- uh, quotation fingers. So I figured
1: why not make it official? She looks at you and she's like, you do realize I'm not going to be a hero just because I'm dating you, right? Remember Lynx and Vixen's wedding?
7: Uh, yeah. They're not heroes together. Why would I give a shit? I steal stuff constantly. I figured we already established. I don't care if you're a hero. I'm not even really sure if I'm a hero. Yeah, but like your team, your whole squad, your sister. You're dating me, not my family. Plus, if you were dating my family, my mother's the most evil person in like history. So it's pretty lit,
1: fam. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard that once or twice. Uh, i your mom being scarlet scorpion yeah uh i mean she's kind of a bitch but
7: she's still my mom wouldn't know i've never met her well let's hope you never have to so i was thinking though we should go on a date oh uh where are you taking me in three days i've got this dinner party at some italian restaurant like la trader Tratari, atari la atari
1: i think a dinner party huh that sounds fancy Uh, Yeah, and I would really like if you came. She leans in really close to you and she's like, great, then I'll be there. And like, she's like tantalizingly close, like dangerously close, and then teleports away. I wanted another kiss. That's why she teleported away, because she's the worst. Uh, She's the best. This is my kind of girl. And then we turn the page and see Amber and Lucy... Uh, Where are you two meeting for this like breakfast discussion planning session that you all are doing?
4: Probably this like main room that we're always in. That's kind of like a living room. That's also where I think we've said Amber's computer is where she's been working on all of this like file stuff. I kind
6: of really love the image of both of them still like clearly having just woken up like nursing mugs of coffee or tea or whatever their breakfast beverage of choice is. Just sort of staring bleary bleary eyed at this computer Being like, okay, now we got to like organize this.
4: I think it's, I think it's already organized. She's just going through it with Lucy of like, here's what's on here. Got it. Okay.
1: I kind of like the image that Lucy came prepared to like organize and be the college student researcher. And she came in and Rebel Rouser was like, Ed, here's your flash drive.
4: Yeah. Like she's, she's prepared, like has one of them like up on the screen. Like here's what all of these files are. And just has like this bag that is full of USB drives to be handed out. So we discussed it last night a bit of trying to get some of this information out. Um, I know you're you're going to some of your college friends. Um, so I just wanted to at least show you what it is they're going to be looking at since obviously dot everything is in here. Some of that's confidential. Some of that is probably just not necessary like plans of the building and it's also like you no know, we want this to be readable.
6: Yeah, I don't I don't think a bunch of college students are going to want to read about the blueprints of the saber headquarters first thing in the morning.
4: Yeah, no, I was trying to curate this a lot last night. So no, we've got the highlights, the incriminating stuff. We've got we've got that video of Glacier killing an intern. We've got all the stuff on those like employees that were fired and sent outside the city so much of what we found on that secret experimental base and like she pulls up one of the files and like she's like and yeah like i've i've redacted names and everything so that's that's good we're not going to be releasing anybody's like super confidential stuff just showing hey they're experimenting on people on animals i'm trying to think what else would be on here
6: is this like all going to be in a bulleted list or organized or whatever? Because if we're going to be throwing this on Calvin and everyone else at the newspaper, I don't want them to have to organize this. So if it's not already, I might take a few minutes just to like put this together in some sort of sequential newspaper like order. So all they have to do is hit publish.
4: We see like Amber has like the, um, the like Explorer tab open with like the list of files. And there's like one at the top that's like PDF that's like, what's in this USB and she like opens it up and it's like a full list of like what each file is like the basic description of this is a video where Glacier kills an intern
6: I think Lucy wants to is going to raise her mug
4: up to Amber like cheers to
6: organization
4: Amber like slowly lifts hers I was like yeah yeah organization that's that that's what this is about
6: but really, Amber, I know this was like a ton of work and this couldn't have been easy. And as I'm very proud of you, I'm really proud of all of this effort you put into this, all of this organization. It's just, this is, I've, I've got a good feeling about this. I don't know how long it's going to last, but you know, it's a new day. We might be able to pull this off.
4: Um, Amber puts her hand on Lucy's shoulder and says, no, we are going to pull this off. We've we've got this. And yeah, thanks. I did work really hard on this. There's, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff in here and it's been, it's been eating up like half of my brain for ages.
6: No, I'm like genuinely impressed. I see the color coding that you did. Like you have to dig deep to figure out that customization. And I'm just, I've never been prouder.
4: That is such a Lucy compliment like it's so
1: close to being a backhanded compliment but it's also like very genuine
4: like coming from lucy this is high praise but it's also like if lucy was to ever like have like or was to ever like give somebody like praise it would be over this what can i say we have a brand amber hands like digs into this like bag full of flash drives and just takes a good handful and Gives them to Lucy. It's like, that's, those are for you, your your college newspaper friends, and then the rest of these are going to go to Max. And then I have like five on my person at all times and a couple in my room. And it's backed up on this hard drive so many times.
6: I feel like Lucy, because she would like pulls a key ring out of nowhere and just starts putting these flash drives on a key ring to the point where she just, it's just like, and it's an, enti- it's an entire key ring, just in a circle of flash drives.
1: We see the flash drives in. Lucy's hand and she's kind of twirling it and we get a twirl of that key ring. And then the next thing we see is uh, one solo flash drive in Max's hand as he's twirling it. And he is standing there on the
5: phone. So I think we get Max uh, with his phone to his ear and we just see a speech bubble coming out. We can hear Allie's voice. It just says, um, sorry, you missed me. Uh, If you want to, if you're looking for me to join a team or for a team up, say beep now. And Max, like, sighs a little bit. Then if this is Lighthammer, you need to buy more wine. You're running out. If this is Max, I know what you're planning and I wish I could help. But, you know, writer conflicts and all. And Max just kind of, like, pulls the phone away from his ear, stares at his, like, what the? Whatever. And hangs up.
1: We turn the page and see Clara.
5: It's pretty late at night.
1: And we see Clara preparing for something. Clara, can you walk me through a few panels of what you're doing?
3: I think uh, there is a panel of Clara taking her hair out of the normal, like, single French braid that she wears uh, when she's in her civilian gear. Uh, There's a panel of her, there's, like, one panel that just shows, like, her open glasses case. And she puts the glasses inside of the case and then, like, puts it away, tucks it, like, safely away in a a duffel bag and maybe one panel of her cracking her knuckles (laughs) just you know to give herself a
1: vote of confidence. Perfect. And I think we get like two panels of like the complete silence that is this room and then your phone starts to ring. I look at it. It is a FaceTime from Ben, who I believe is in your phone is like Ben Blade of Sorrows, Heart Heart, Emoji, something along those lines oh gosh
3: um yeah i think that i think she goes to answer it and then her finger kind of lingers over it and then she accidentally hits the wrong button and hangs up and then like is like oh my god oops i didn't mean to ah and then uh calls him back immediately
8: so when ben answers uh it's it's like bright bright daylight you can tell he's holding the phone with his left hand uh, while uh, he's in his demon form right now. So you know that the blade's out and something's happening. And from what you can tell, um, he's cutting down robot sumos. Oh my
3: god. And- are you
8: <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, um, one second. Can I push you on hold real quick? <laughs>
3: yes, you can. Do you need anything? Can I... Send you something?
8: No, 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 just one second. one second. Okay. And so um, you can tell that like he teleports a little bit of a distance, puts the phone down, and then teleports back to where he was originally. And now you can see the full scene, right? So the scene that you see now, uh, like from from the phone itself, is um, it's like kind of you can tell that he's definitely not in any of the cities that you're used to. It's like vaguely Asian architecture, and um, and it's very awful, like sumo robot stereotypes, while he's uh, that that he's fighting against at this point. And they're obviously robots as he like cuts through them. Like it's like that sort of samurai jack like like spark, and the arm comes off, and all the wires hang out and things like that too, and so he cuts down the last one and then he picks you he he ports back the phone, picks back up, and tries to like tries to be as smooth as possible, but he's definitely out of breath, and you can tell that was like a pretty awful fight for him.
3: I think that Clara had upon seeing that he was busy. Uh, She was like in the bathroom getting ready, I think. And so she set the phone down. You know how you can like lean your phone up against a... Like she leaned it up against like the soap dispenser or something like that so that she could keep getting ready. Like she brushes her teeth before missions apparently. So she like starts brushing her teeth and while watching what he's doing to make sure that everything's okay.
8: So now like out of breath, he's like, Hey, uh... What time is it there?
3: Oh, um, uh, it's, uh, oh, I don't even actually know. Um, and she looks, she, like, puddles, puddles, fuzzies with the phone. That's not a word. (laughs) She fumbles with the phone and, uh, finds that it's, it's, uh, I don't know, like, eight, nine.
8: Oh, great. So, I'm um, am I catching you before patrol?
3: Uh, yeah, I was just, everybody's out meeting making allies and stuff and i'm i'm just trying to brainstorm ways that i can help before it all goes down
8: yeah no i mean i'm i'm glad i caught you uh uh i just want to say i'm really sorry uh i haven't gotten to talk to you in a while it's uh it's been kind of wild on my end
3: <laughs> mine mine too get it because i'm never mind um I'm sure your your yours has been more wild than mine.
8: When you say that, he gives like the biggest laugh, but you can tell that like it's like one of those "oh my god, please like me" laughs. Oh. When yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> so um, hey, how was a uh, uh, how was the wedding? It was super duper
3: adorable. I mean, I don't know. It's just so amazing to see like. Heroes that are happy in their normal lives. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's just very, it's very cool. It's very energizing and inspiring. I don't know. Weddings are, I never thought weddings were my thing, but it ended up being really sweet.
8: Well, next time you gotta remind me to tell your date thank you for showing you such a good time.
3: Oh, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't have a date.
8: Oh, well, I mean, just did, did, do you not um, ask anybody, or like? Uh,
3: I mean, I just I didn't know I, cause, who you know, to I ask just
8: Kind me. of, uh, I just kind of assumed, you know, because like I mean, you know, like you're you're out there and you're having fun, and I'm sure some guy would definitely would love to take you to that. Oh, and maybe you know. I match mean, your dress I, I
3: just and... I don't really, um, I don't really date. I don't go on. I mean, like I do. It's not that I'm against dating. I just.
8: I never really... Yeah, but then, like, I just, you know, it's just, uh, it just seems like you, it'd be really easy for you to get a date. And I, I mean, not to, not to, uh... And then that's when it kind of goes dead and quiet on Ben's end.
3: No, I mean, I'm sure... I. It's not that I've never... I mean, dates are cool.
8: I feel like there's, like, now a panel of just, like, complete awkward silence.
1: In the background, we still have the water running from where Claire yeah. was brushing her teeth. <laughs>
8: So, uh, what, what's, uh, um, it sounded like you guys had some big things to plan right now?
3: Yeah, I mean, I already kind of told you the last time we talked, um, about the whole Saber thing and yeah, it's yeah, happening. I mean, it's, like, real now. It's not just, like, a bunch of kids with a, with a little dream. It's, like, we're doing it.
8: Can I ask you a question? Always. Are you scared?
3: Um, I don't know if... I can't really afford to be.
8: Uh, That's kind of not what I asked.
3: I mean, it's... This organization is much bigger than us, and there's a lot of things that could go wrong. But there's also a lot of things that could go right. And I don't know. I'm just trying to think about those instead.
8: You know, I... Forget I brought it up. I, I, I don't... Uh, You know, it just,
3: I don't want to forget anything you bring up. Um, I, what I meant by that was I care, um, your words. Right. So, uh, what are you doing? Oh, uh,
8: you know, um, uh, I'm kind of far away right now. (laughs) Um, I
3: see that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a,
8: uh, there was a lead. It's, kind of weird quarter blade stuff. I'll catch you up on it once uh once I can see you. Uh, but yeah that's actually why I was calling. Um I, I wanted to see what your schedule is like in the next few days.
3: <laughs> well the the thing is happening. So well,
8: uh, Yeah I know but like what about like what about after?
3: Oh uh I don't know I hadn't really thought about after. You know how like when you do something dangerous and it feels weird making plans for afterward because, well, you know.
8: So we have like this, like this, like one or two panel awkward silence again. And I kind of just break in and um, I jump in and I say, hey, have you have you received it yet? Uh, what? He, he kind of shuffles around on the phone and he's like, oh, wait, I think I forgot to send it uh, to send it. Give me one second. OK.
3: OK. Do I need to close my eyes and spin it around in a circle?
8: No, just, like, <laughs> can you explain the dimensions of the room? I know this sounds weird, but this is kind of just how my powers work.
3: Um, okay. Uh, I put the phone back down on the sink, and then I, like, measure it with my body. Mm-hmm. And then I show you. It's about this big.
8: Don't stand in the middle of there.
3: Okay. Should I so, leave the room and then come back?
8: No, 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 no. Just, just, just maybe, like take a corner
3: okay i flatten into a corner
8: so do you know like so this happened the last time that ben showed up on screen but he does like he there's like a a specific like animation or like a like that that shows whenever he teleports something you get that same teleport animation in the middle of this room as well and it's it's like a little potted uh it's like a little pot for flowers but it's just dirt and there's like no flowers in it
3: clara goes over and picks it up and says oh my goodness her voice goes up like three octaves
8: this is so cute oh oh no no the 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 gift isn't the pot oh okay oh, yeah, do you want sorry. it back it, it's, no 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 it's a, um oh okay it, it, it's it's what's going to grow out of the pot oh yeah so you know i one of the last times we talked you were talking about how much you like nature and um you know i was kind of thinking maybe when i get back home in a few days maybe i could stop by your city and we could check out the botanical garden right but but you know like if if that's not your thing and like i totally understand i just wanted to get you something
3: sounds that's... really nice oh uh, oh sorry oh, i
8: oh so did you did did, did you want to go with me or cuz it, cuz it's
3: cause... to the botanical gardens
8: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I just, you know, I don't, I didn't know if you've seen your cities yet, and I know Halcyon's really pretty, uh, but I haven't seen, I haven't seen Moon Harbors yet, so.
3: I, I've thought about going a couple times, but, um, I don't know, It just, sometimes it feels weird doing normal people things.
8: (laughs) He kind of, like, laughs when, when you say that. And, and he kind of looks at you in the phone, like, looks right into your eyes, like, through the phone. And he says, I have to literally take a sword out of my heart in order to look at you on the phone. I definitely understand what you mean by normal things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so once you, like, start digging around, like, the pot, there's, like, a little, like, seed bag in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're flowers for what's called a Kurova. And um, you can read on the back of the package that it's supposed to smell like fresh baked cookies when it blooms. Is that real? No. Does it it
3: really smell like? No. Uh, Clara says like,
8: what?
3: Is that? Is this a joke? A flower that smells like cookies?
8: The lady at the flower shop said that this is totally legitimate. That's really cool. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just if you don't, Uh, it's kind of a backup for if you would have said no.
3: But I didn't say no. The only thing is that I might die. So, like, maybe I should text you after?
8: uh, Oh, okay. I might have misread the situation. What do you mean? I know that we've been talking about, like, dangerous things that our teams do and all that stuff also. And, like, I know that I'm solo now and everything. But, like, is is it really going to get
3: that bad? I mean, I don't know. I just don't want to get your hopes up and then not be able to make it if i'm dead oh my god that sounds so awful
8: he has this like really really like harsh like concerned look on his face like he's he's really worried like really really worried you know i look i get it right this the line of work that we're both in it doesn't it doesn't lend towards us doing normal people things and having normal people fun right But I don't know. I just, I've, you're kind of giving me a time is too short and life is too short vibe right now, Clara.
3: Oh, I, I, I just, no, I, I, it's not that. I just don't want to, I don't want to bail on you if something bad happens. But what if something bad happens and then I accidentally stand you up? And I, I don't know why that's the thing I'm most worried about if something bad happens, but it just, I just don't want,
8: I don't know. No, that, Clara, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm usually the one between the two of us that's doom and gloom, right? You're taking my job right now.
3: Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I didn't fill out a proper application. I Um, know,
8: I know. I'm just, I'm teasing you. But if I do come out and we do go to the Botanical Gardens, could we just, like, could we consider this a date? Uh. I mean, like... I just want, like, a scene where she, like, drops her toothbrush. (laughs) Uh,
3: like a date? Date? Or, like, uh, I don't... Maybe. I don't... Let's let's just get through this week first. But also, maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. You just asked that, and I don't know how to answer it.
8: Well, I mean, traditionally, it's either a yes or a no.
3: Okay. Um, you know, that's a really good question, but I have to go on my mission, but I'm still so down for the botanical gardens if everything works out with the saber thing. And you're awesome. And you're, I'm so proud of you that you're taking on the world and living your solo life and all of that amazing stuff. And you, I just, um, it's hard to think about whether or not something is a date.
8: You you got to get the scene where like the panel like looks at Ben's face like through your phone. And like he is a little bit dejected. Like it's like he took a chance. It definitely did not pan out. This is like we rolled a two at this point. Right. Uh, and um, and he's like, yeah, yeah. D- no, no. I, I just you know, I didn't I just wanted to try to put it out there. And, you know, just
3: no, it, you just, didn't do the wrong thing. You didn't do the wrong thing. I, it just, the timing.
8: Just, you know, be safe out there, Wild Thing. You too.
1: We turn the page and it is now twilight. There is a little bit of light coming in through the windows and we see hanging up in the room, much like we saw at the end of a previous issue, is Amber's old Machina costume. Lit faintly by like the little bit of moonlight and a little bit of streetlight coming in. And... We are now back in Amber's old apartment, and we see sitting on the bed Amber, and there's like a little knock onomatopoeia on the door as it opens, and we see Dante, and he looks in, and he's like, we all good?
4: Yeah, I've been here for two hours checking over everything. If if she somehow finds out, then that's on you.
1: Uh, two hours? Am I late? He looks down at his watch.
4: No, you're right on time. I was coming... Come, I was here early, making sure there were no bugs, listening devices, anything from Scarlet Scorpion around here.
1: Smart. That's a that's a good good decision there. Your mom is The worst. Uh, you said it, not me. And then he kind of gestures and he's like, "Do you mind if I said?" Go ahead. And he sits next to you and he's like, "So, what is this time-sensitive, all-important meeting about?"
4: I can't. I can't give you many details. But we're going to be taking down Saber soon.
1: He blinks and then he sighs and he's like, all right, I guess it runs in the suit.
4: I mean, that's what the Rebel Rouse is all about.
1: I know. I just, I wasn't expecting it so quickly. You're, uh, you're still just a kid.
4: Well, it's this or Crown of Thorns does it slightly later. And that's Scarlet Scorpion would be in charge. And that's even worse.
1: No, I don't disagree. What's the plan? You gonna go in there guns blazing, or what are you thinking?
4: Um, probably, probably better that you don't know. But I, I had wanted to ask if you could look at the suit and unlock the rest of it. I think, I think I'm gonna need everything I can for this.
1: You know that it's a lot of power. Do you think you can handle it? I trust you Amber but what they say about absolute power corrupting it's very true. I just want you to be careful.
4: I wouldn't I wouldn't be here if I if I wasn't ready. It's not that like I feel like I'm too weak, it's that I don't know if you've seen Glacier lately but she's she's way too powerful right now like completely monstrous and w- we need every advantage we can get.
1: He nods and he's like all right, it's going to take me a little bit. Do I have 18 hours to work on this?
4: Yeah, yeah, we have we have that time.
1: And he's like, great, then if you hand me the suit, I will I guess I'll give you a call tomorrow when it's done.
4: Amber, she has like her backpack by her feet. She opens it and takes out the suit, hands it over to him. Here you go.
1: He shudders. This is the first time he's touched the suit in over a decade. And he's like, you do good work with this. Better work than I ever have. So... Just be safe. And, you know, I'm uh, sorry. You know what? I'm not one for sentimentality. I'll call you tomorrow. And he heads towards the door and pauses. And then he says, just don't do anything stupid before then, okay? I'm
4: trying not to. Uh, I guess you didn't really take down Saber, but any advice?
1: Knowledge is power, kid. He looks back over his shoulder and he says, the worst thing I did. To Saber was learn about them. The reason they kept me in there for so long is because I knew too much. They can destroy records, they can erase files. They can't make you forget what you already know. Knowledge is power. Get as much information as you can and make sure the right people know it.
4: I think we see this like look of a bit of like shock and then like firm resolution on Amber's face. Like She's she's been doing her research and has collected so many files on Saber. Yeah, she nods like I've I've been doing a lot of that recently, actually.
1: All right. Then one last piece of advice, since you are clearly far advanced beyond where I was at your age. I've seen Glacier fight a bunch of times. Fighting her close, way more beneficial than fighting her far away. If she's got distance to shoot, she'll get you. But if you get close to her, her aim's not gonna be as strong. So get close, don't let her get any distance between you.
4: Uh Amor nods. Okay, yeah. Be be close. Good to know. Like I I, I don't wanna tell you any of the, the details of this plan, but yeah, that's that one's that one's my job.
1: He kinda of smiles sadly and he's like like I said, runs in the suit. And then he walks out and closes the door behind him. We cut away and see another dark evening it's pretty late again and we see a shape moving through the trees we are outside moon harbor somewhere wild thing can you tell us how you are traversing this forest
3: i think that wild thing is just walking in the mo- in the least like superpowered way she's i mean she's walking carefully trying not to draw attention to herself but She's just ducking between the trees. She's in her non-bulked-out form.
1: As you're walking, we see a couple, like, shadowy figures. These are all, like, done in such a way that they are clearly showing up as, like, memories, but, like, almost walking beside you. And we see Monarch Man walking beside you and essentially telling you that he knows what's best for your team and that you should trust him. And then in the next panel, we see Scarlet Scorpion essentially walking and being like, I'm going to kill Glacier and none of you can stop me. And it's very like, there's not a lot of text bubbles, uh, but it is very much just like you are walking with these like really heavy memories with you.
3: I just walk right through them.
1: Perfect. And as you step through the third one, the third one being Glacier from the time you fought her in Halcyon City, We see that you are at the gate to that Saber Auxiliary headquarters. And we get a panel of you looking up, and then we cut away. Our next scene opens uh, sometime early in the day. It's probably mid-morning, early afternoon, somewhere there. And we see Amber and Alan, I assume in street clothes, just like walking down the street. It is a random street
2: in Moon Harbor. Are you saying anything as you're walking? So who are you talking to first? I was thinking about talking to Bruce first. Uh, you want to try to talk to your dad? Is he even with the MMM anymore?
4: We just see her shrugging. I, I think so. I mean, I was going to see who was there first. It, sometimes it's emptier than others.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, with Queen Bean gone. Wait, do we know if she's gone? Do We got to worry about a mole.
4: I don't know if she's still there.
2: Um, but I guess d- we got to be careful.
4: Yeah, I don't. Think that they know where she's gone, though. But yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll find out.
2: Yeah. So, uh, sorry about ditching the wedding. By the way,
4: I no, I I get it. You're you're totally fine.
2: Alan has a look of he it, the look on his face is I know that's not what that means. <laughs> As they're walking,
4: uh, she kind of like does that like um, you know, like you kind of like run into somebody sideways with your shoulder, like teasingly. It's like I am fine with it, but you did. You did miss me dressed up. I looked great.
2: I think Alan wouldn't be budged too much by the shove, but would definitely like laugh a bit and then kind of have a ser- more serious look on his face and, and 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 then say, you know, I know this is just a small recon mission thing, but this still could go badly, right?
4: Not really recon, more just talking. It could. I think it's going to go
2: Okay. Yeah, but the last time we were all together talking, Max threw a motorcycle at the mobster.
4: Oh, Amber just burst out laughing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. <gasps> well, Max isn't here, and
2: Alan looks around really quickly as she says "and" and says, "and there's no motorcycles around," so I think we're okay.
4: Yeah, and my dad was cool at the wedding. I think we're on better terms, and I don't know that. MMM kept dragging me into all those photos during the rehearsal. So I I think we'll be okay.
1: As you all finish that conversation, we get a panel of the two of you at the door to that same house that we've seen many, many times from the MMM. As you're walking up, you see the young girl that you saw, many, many, many issues, open the door, and she's got a backpack on. And she looks at you, and then she immediately turns back, and she's like, um, the motorcycle people are here again. And then she closes the door and walks past you. She does not invite you in. She just leaves. See, I told you the motorcycle thing would
4: come up. Yeah, but that wasn't <laughs> us. Oh, that was Max. And Amber's just walking right in.
1: You, oh, as you are opening it, uh, Traceless is also opening it from the other side. And he's like, oh, I'm uh, sorry. Hi, Amber.
4: Hi, hey, Dad.
1: Alan just kind of just nods at Traceless. Traceless looks between the two of you and cocks an eyebrow at Amber. And there's like a look of like, half smirk on his face, but he doesn't say anything. And he's like, so, uh, to what do I owe the pleasure?
4: Can we, can we come in? And, uh, who else is here? We, we wanted to talk to maybe the mobster, I guess whoever's like highest up in the MMM who's here. I, I don't know what your organization structure is. Uh, well,
1: the mobster's downstairs. Queen Bee is not here. Uh, so it's like mobster's in charge. Queen Bee second, um oh she's oof, okay oh oh no he looks at uh alan and is like i have not told anyone what you told me yet so just keep that in mind i don't know how to break the news to the mobster
4: i think like ever, ever like starts to talk and then looks at alan and is like wait when did when did you do you talk to my dad
2: well um and i think that's all you get out of out of alan at that moment as well um uh and he looks over at Trace to, like, help. <laughs> at that moment, there's a big, like, shout from the other room. It's like,
1: buddy! And you see Bruce just come bounding in. And he grabs Alan
2: and grabs Alan in a giant hug.
1: Oh, don't crush me, Bruce. I mean,
2: I'm not hurt like last time, but I really would like all my bones intact. Amber's just in the
1: background looking really confused. Bruce puts Alan down and then looks over Alan's shoulder and sees Amber. And then looks back at Alan and gives this... Very over the top, exaggerated wink. And he's like, Right. Yeah. Got the, got, got a, yep. Don't want anyone else hugging you. Right, buddy? And he like punches you on the shoulder,
2: but far too aggressively. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we're actually, um, Amber? Uh, wanna tell them why we're here? Why, why don't we go, go get the mobster first? Uh, and he looks over at Traceless and like, Is, it looks over at in, Bruce, and he goes, is he in a good mood today?
4: Max isn't here, and we don't have a motorcycle. It's just us.
1: Bruce laughs. Bruce full belly laughs. And then he, like, puts his arm around Alan, starts leading Alan towards that, like, staircase in the closet. And he's like, as he's walking, he's like, you know, I thought this was going to be a personal visit. I thought you were going to come hang out. But no, it's okay. I get it. And you got other priorities. And he, like... Gives you a nudge, which, again, is a little bit too aggressive. And then he, like, yells down the stairs and he's like, Hey, boss, Trace, this kid and the, the lightning one are here.
2: You know, Bruce, Uh, it's just just been real busy. Just just a bit busy. We do need to hang out more, though. You still got Super Smash, right? We get a panel of Amber looking back at her dad with the most confused look on her face. I think the... the the, the speech bubble that would be happening where where Alan asks if Bruce still has Super Smash Brother would be like kind of cut off as they're walking down the staircase because the entire panel is being illuminated from Amber's point of view. Perfect.
1: And we see you all walk down this like long stairs again and you arrive in what we remember is like the poker room and we see the mobster sitting there and he looks up at you and he's like, Amber, Alan, come to throw
2: a motorcycle at me again. No, 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 no. Max isn't here. Also, Really sorry about that last time. I haven't seen that motorcycle in a while anyway. Yeah. I mean, we got a cigarette right now. Still, I mean, even if Max didn't pay it off, it's still a moot point. Anyway, he looks at the two of you and he's like, "So, what can I do for you kids?"
4: Uh, two things. Um we we have some information that we think you need to know and then we want to ask a favor that I think is going to be mutually beneficial.
1: He gestures for you to sit, but doesn't say anything.
4: Can we can we get some panels where we sit down in, like, the same seats and hold hands again, like, mirroring that, that, like, issue way back when? Yes. Absolutely.
1: After, like, one or two panels of silence, he kind of clears his throat and he's like, kids, I don't have all day. What do you need? Well, uh,
2: the cut to the chase, sir. We need your help. I guess first off, um,
4: Queen Bee isn't prioritizing... You all anymore. She's working with the Crown of Thorns. I was going to get there. I mean, I figured they should know that before we ask for their help.
1: True. He looks genuinely surprised, but manages to like pull it together and he's like, Oh, um, interesting. Uh, well, I guess um, you can't ever really expect people to uh, stick with one allegiance for too long, can you?
4: No, she's been second in command there for a few months now.
1: Oh, second in command again. Well, (laughs) hope her new boss is a solid pick.
4: Yeah, uh, no. It's the Scarlet Scorpion, so if that's your idea of a solid pick, then sure. He kind
1: of gives another, like, surprised look and then pulls himself together and like, ah, well, she's out of prison. I, I wasn't aware.
2: Yeah, sorry, my fault.
4: Yeah, that was that was on us. No, actually, wait, because that Queen P had asked us to get people out. Uh, that's who's probably working for a crown of thrones already. Okay, yep, i answered my own question.
1: Yeah, I heard that you broke some people out of jail, but I didn't know that uh, we had any connection to that.
4: Thought you did, but it was Queen Bee who asked, so cool. Okay, Um, I guess anyway, this favor, uh, Amber looks over at Alan.
2: Basically, we're going to rain on their parade, kind of. Listen, we're taking down Saber. We need you as a distraction to keep the crown of thorns out of it. Kind of. We have a plan A in place, but we need someone we can trust on hand if the plan goes awry. Okay, done. Give me a time and a place.
4: Well, we'll let you know closer to. It's going to be a few days. We're trying to keep this time as tight-lipped as possible until, until it happens, just in case.
1: I am not going to lie. I'm a little bit blindsided by this whole thing, but whatever you need. That I think Alan kind of leans back a bit and goes, that was easier than I thought it'd be. The mobster looks at the two of you and he's like, look, the one thing you don't do is fuck over a mob boss.
2: If you need me to get back Queen B, then I'm here to help. Thank you, sir.
4: Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's, that's a relief.
2: What are we going to owe you though?
1: He grins and he's like, yeah, I knew you were smart. We'll cross that bridge when we get there, kid. Now, and he leans forward, and he's like, I heard that uh, the two of you are starting something here. And I think that's probably where we're going to end this scene. I
2: was going to add one panel. It has, to, it has to swing over to Alan and Amber with them both blushing. Them holding hands under the table. <laughs> we turn the page and
1: cut to a really crowded area of, like, Moon Harbor City. We have not actually seen, like, downtown Moon Harbor in a very, very long time. But this is, like the shopping district and it is packed with people i think the first thing we see is max kind of lost in a swarm of, of a crowd and then a perfectly manicured finger taps him on the shoulder and you turn to see anarchist standing there and she's like look i'm in the middle of my uh, day job so what's up
5: yeah you're gonna want to see this is there anywhere even like halfway quiet around here
1: she looks around and she's like uh i mean you can come back with me i've got a there's like the employee room at the department store i work at if you want to come back there you can sit down with me for a few i start following she sighs and rolls her eyes and then starts walking and she walks into the fancy J jewelers excellent and she like gestures like waves at the uh like clerk and the clerk looks at max and his eyes kind of widen. And then he looks down by Max's ankles where Squire should be, but Squire is not there. And he, like, breathes a sigh of relief. And then Anne opens the door and lets you in to the employee, like, employees-only lounge.
5: Cool. I think in the next panel, Max is just, like, sitting in one of the chairs, feet up on the table, drinking a, a soda from the, like, employee machine. And he just tosses the thumb drive on the table. He goes... So, yeah. Something big is going to happen, and... I think you're going to want to be part of it. She cocks an eyebrow at you and she's like, why should I believe anything you say? Once you see what's on that, it really doesn't matter what I say. And I'm going to like hold her out a folded piece of paper. Like, just if you could do me a favor and everyone needs to know this at this time. And I mean, everyone.
1: She looks at you and she's like, look, I'm not going to agree till I see what's on this. So give me like three minutes. Okay, I'm just, I'll just scan through really quick, and then, is that is that fine? I just sit back down, like, there's,
5: you're gonna agree, trust me.
1: She takes the flash drive and walks away, and I think we see, like, three panels, and in each of them, there's another soda can in front of Max. And then she comes back, and her face is just sheet white, and she's like, give me that paper.
5: I think I hand it to her as I'm, like, walking out, and just say, thanks. And I think
1: the last panel we see is her just standing there, looking absolutely horrified and then she straightens up and she nods you're not in the room anymore but she nods and we see her put the flash drive in her pocket we cut over to a text message on a phone that we don't recognize it's not one of the cataclysm crew members phones and it says hey can you meet me at my place and we see someone typing back that says sure send and then we see calvin standing at the entrance to your building He can't get in without you letting him in. But as he's standing there, Veronica, arms filled with like piles and piles of fabric, walks up. And she's like, oh, my God. Hi, Calvin. How was your summer? And Calvin gives like a slow nod. And he's like, it was all right. Is Lucy in? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, But come on up anyway. She buzzes the two of them in and they head up the stairs. And as they're walking, she's like handing him like piles of fabric to carry because she's trying to get her keys out. So by the time she opens the door to her apartment, Calvin is now buried under like piles and piles of multicolored fabric that are just all over the top, bright, colorful patterns. She has not quite got the whole like superheroes have to be stealthy thing. So all of her costumes still are very flashy. And she opens the door and she's like, go ahead and just Uh, hang out in Lucy's room. I'm sure she'll be back in a second. And then she heads off. Calvin sits down on your bed and all of a sudden there's a flash from the closet and you step out into your bedroom and Calvin is right there.
6: Oh, oh, hey, did Veronica let you in?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, kind of. She kind of threw fabric at me and made me carry it up the stairs for her. So I think it was a trade, but yes, yes, uh, she did let me in.
6: Uh, That's usually my job. So, yeah. Thank you thank you for that cuz I wouldn't have had to do that otherwise.
1: No problem. Um how was your summer? Haven't seen you much since you got back. You've been pretty distant.
6: Yeah, you know, things, school, the crew, you know, cuz that's a thing that I also do. How about you? Uh,
1: yeah, i um, just, you know, dealing with the fact that my aunt is a super villain. I uh, I missed you. Um, I mean, uh, missed working with you over the summer. It was, uh, it was, it was not fun not being here. I, sorry. Um, I, uh, you said you wanted to talk about something.
6: I think Lucy goes and sits on the bed next to him is just, and just says, listen, I missed you too. And I'm sorry. We never got a chance to talk about your aunt being a super villain because yeah. Oh, I also, I don't think I ever told you that night that I ran off. I was with the crew already. So that's why I was acting so dodgy. That's why the whole gate jumping thing happened. I realized I never actually told you like straight out.
1: So what you forget is that I'm really smart and I, I did piece that together. We are in the same major and, uh, I, I do better than you in most things. Uh, Not that I'm smarter than you. Just like I, we study together and I, um, uh
6: she 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 starts laughing and just smacks him on the arm like just like shut up
1: he smiles and i think it's the first time he's smiled since like you walked in the door and then you two started like stammering over this conversation or rather he started stammering and you just kind of spoke and he's like yeah so what's up the not that i'm not happy to see you but i assume based on the tone of your text that you wanted something
6: I think at this point, Lucy just sort of like closes her eyes, takes a deep breath and turns to face him as she's sitting on the bed, tucks one leg under herself and says, I have to ask you for a really huge favor. And I kind of can't tell you what it's about yet. But and then she reaches into her pocket and pulls out a few of those flash drives and says, I have a story that I need you to break at the newspaper tomorrow. I'll I'll text you the exact time because it's still TBD. We don't have everything ironed out yet, but I need you to trust me. I need you to not look at these flash drives except to give it a quick once over. I already edited it. I made it look good for for the paper. But could you do that, please?
1: I so okay. So we don't normally release issues on Thursday, um, but I okay. We could do that. Um, I just um, what. Why? What is going on?
6: I I can't say too much, but... And then she looks up at him. We might be doing something really stupid and really dangerous and really necessary. And I could really use your backup here.
1: He opens his mouth and closes it. And I think we get two panels of silence. And then the third panel, he looks up at you and he says, I already told you once that I would do anything to help you. So, okay, whatever you need, but... I need you to promise me something. Yeah? Whatever you're doing, don't be... Don't, like, um... Just don't,
6: uh... I think she she cuts him off and just starts hugging
2: him.
1: He squeezes back. uh, And I think he pulls away. And we get a panel of the two of you pulling away. And standing in the doorway is Veronica. And she's been listening, clearly. And she's like... What do you mean you're doing something stupid? What, what, you can't, no, okay. But like, Lucy, I just, for, first of all, like we just put a down payment on this apartment for the year, like our, our security deposit is not. And also like, you're my best friend, so you can't die. I, I just, um, don't. Uh, and then she walks out of the room very, very quickly.
6: I think Lucy just kind of starts laughing a little bit because it's like, she doesn't know what else to do because it's like, oh God, she heard that, she saw that.
1: Calvin starts laughing too. And then you get a text on your phone that Calvin definitely sees that says, I know you have a crush on him, but couldn't you have told me first?
6: Oh, my God. I think she just sort of looks at her phone, realizes it's too late, just looks back up at him.
1: He puts his hand in his hair and kind of, like, turns away as, like, over the top as as he can to be like, I definitely didn't see that. Nope, what? Nope, didn't see anything.
6: I think Lucy just kind of looks back at him and is like, so... Can you print that? Is it cool? Are we cool?
1: Uh, yeah, we're cool. We're more than cool. We're, um, we're cool. We're, we're, <clears throat> we're cool. Yeah, definitely. I'll break it. Yep. And he, like, puts his hand out very forcefully towards you. Like, he probably should have gotten him for a hug here, but he's like, we're going to shake all this. We're business partners and nothing more.
6: I think she looks at it and takes it and then pulls him in.
1: As you're shaking hands before you pull him in, we do get one panel of, like, that really, really firm handshake. Like, we see your hand squeezed a little bit more than the average human handshake. And as you go to pull him in, your phone dings again. It's text from Max being like, hey, if you're free, we'd love to chat with you.
6: I think at this point, they're, like, very close. This point, clearly, we all, like, they were about to kiss. Nothing happened when she got this text message. Trey looks down at her phone, looks back up, and says, listen, I have to go. I'm sorry. I know this was sudden and everything, but... It was really good to see you. And if everything goes well, I would love to see you again without my roommate interrupting us.
1: As you start to walk towards the portal, he like reaches out and catches your hand and he's like, "So I had the urge to do like the thing where you like grab someone and like kiss them, but I didn't ask for consent. Is it cool if I kiss you?" She kisses him at this point.
0: Moon Harbor Heroes is produced by Icy Sheets, T.P. Huth, and Elliot Peterson, and edited by Icy Sheets and Sean Geddes. Icy can be found on Twitter at Icy New Year or at IcyNewYear.com. T can be found on Twitter and Instagram at TPHuth94. Elliot can be found on Twitter at Elliot Ylen. Sean can be found on Twitter at The Crumpet. Moon Harbor Heroes is played using Masks a New Generation, written by Brendan Conway and produced by Magpie Games. Our logo was designed by Beautiful Beasties. She can be found on Instagram at beastly.doodles or on patreon.com slash beautifulbeasties. The music in this issue is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod. This volume was gm'd by T. Huth. Rebel Rouser is played by Elliot Peterson. The Wild Thing is played by Rose Hahn. She can be found on Twitter or Instagram at SmileyRosie. Flyby is played by Jean Barry. You can find her on Twitter at Jean-Tarzan. Blue Samurai is played by William Hendry. You can find him on Twitter at RockOutWill. Tyrannus is played by Kaido Kane. They can be found on Twitter at TheVersian. Rascal King is played by Icy Sheets. Vixen is played by Alice Kira. They can be found on Twitter at Kira. If you want to get a hold of us, email us at Heroes at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Moon Cast. If you enjoyed this issue, please leave us a review on your podcast of choice. If you'd like to support us financially, check us out at Patreon.com slash Heroes. And thank you for helping us save the world. We'll see you next volume.